This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. And in living color right here on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We are now taking you up until 9 o'clock. That's right. And we'll hand things over to our pals, Gordon and Larry, the dynamic duo, who will take you the rest of the evening. So mark it on your calendars. Set the reminder on your little gadgets there or whatever you do to let you know you got to turn on your old station and listen to your buddy. 6.30. That is when we start now, Monday through Friday, 6.30 to 9 p.m. Right here on 98.7, the ESPN New York app. We've got Harvey. We've got Chantel here producing the program tonight. Harvey, it's been a while. Has it not? I mean, we don't do Saturdays anymore. We don't do this show anymore. I missed you. I missed you, too. Where you been, man? I, I mean, just all over the place. You know, I didn't leave you permanently. You thought I did? Well, who knows anymore? No, I wouldn't do that. You, you're a bit, you're like the every hour man. You're on the mornings. Nights. You're doing the weekdays. You're doing the nights. At least I could bring some regularity to my life now. That's important, I would think. So... It's good to see you again. I had to look it up, as a matter of fact. The last time we did this show, our show, our time, solo, it was August the 9th. It was like a one-off. Because so I mark these things down. I keep it for fact and record-keeping purposes. August the 9th, the last time we did this. So almost a month. But now we're back. We're not going to have any interruptions now between now and, I guess, what, the start of the hockey season. That's going to be the first sport that rolls on our airwaves here when the Rangers play their first game, which is, I think, October the 12th. If I'm not mistaken, that is the first Ranger game. So between now and then, it is you, it is me. Well, I lied kind of. We do have an occasional jet interruption, like, oh, Monday night, by the way. We're not going to have a show Monday night because I'll be out of MetLife Stadium with Greg and everybody else and I'm sure 82,000 screaming lunatics for the kickoff of the NFL season for the Jets as they take on the Buffalo Bills. And welcome to game week, by the way. It's not sponsored or anything, but I thought I would just throw it out there. Welcome to game week. You know, we spent all summer procrastinating and predicting and speculating and wondering and hoping and surmising. Well, we don't have to do that anymore because now it is game week. Few days we got a football game that counts. You got the Giants on Sunday night. You got the Jets on Monday night. Thursday night, you got the Kansas City Chiefs against the Detroit Lions. Travis Kelsey's not going to be in the lineup, it looks like, for the Kansas City Chiefs as he went down with a hyperextended knee injury today in practice, which they think he avoided the worst, but it seems a little iffy if he's going to be ready to go for game number one. Isn't that a kick to the you-know-what, too? Like, you make it through the entire offseason, right? You make it through training camp. You make it through the preseason, injury-free, and then you get hurt in the final practice before the opener. That is brutal for any player, any team, any fan base, whatever. So let's knock on wood and keep our fingers crossed about the Jets and the Giants can get to the finish line here and uh, get there as healthy as they are right now for Sunday and Monday. So we'll do a lot of football as you would expect. Not just tonight, of course, but in the days leading up to this weekend. I cannot wait. And if you want to chime in on Twitter, you can get me there at Dan Gross at G-R-A-C-A. So we start a little bit earlier here. And we're going to have this, you know, we got the half hour to play with before the top of the hour starts, but we're going to come right out of the shoots. We're not going to hold back. We're going to tell you what what is brewing right now, what is the big story. And look, I didn't think in a million years, in the weeks leading up to this show, that we would be starting with baseball. Because remember, the Mets and the Yankees, they've been dead and buried now for a while, right? They've already had funeral services. 
We've all paid our respects in our own unique ways. You know, you saw the procession drive by your house probably. You you know, you throw flowers on it. it. They're done. They're done. But funny thing happened along the way. Yankees go down to Houston over the weekend. And they're taking on an Astros team that, hell, they're fighting for their playoff lives. Although I think they'll be okay. But they're trying to win a division. Got Texas, who's been a surprise team this year. You got Seattle, who is now finally getting their legs underneath them. It took them until August. But the Mariners are now looking like a team who finally snapped their two-decade playoff drought last year by getting into the postseason. So these games mean something to the Astros. The Yankees, meantime, you know, they had a good series last week in Detroit, but it's Detroit. Right? Like you and a couple of your buddies could go into Detroit and probably take two out of three. It's not a huge, huge accomplishment. And they go down to Houston, which has been a house of horrors for them for years. Doesn't matter if it's October. Doesn't matter if it's a regular season. Doesn't matter at all. Yankees aren't going to fare well against the Houston Astros, and especially at the fact that you got all these kids in the lineup for the Yankees. Right? Jason Dominguez making his big league debut and all of his other buddies. Whether you're talking about Pereira, whether you're talking about Wells, whether you're talking about Pereza, any of these guys. Right? How are they going to go down into Houston and beat the likes of Justin Verlander? Right, and Christian Javier and all these other guys who are accomplished in, you know, defending World Series champions. How, how, how are they going to manage? Well, not only didn't they just manage, they went down there and they took all three games from the Astros. And you had the kids actually going out there and contributing. The Martian with a couple of home runs in his first three games. Who saw that one coming? So now, and I know how fans are, you can't tell me that some of you now have a completely different outlook for the New York Yankees as far as maybe how this season has gone. And it's funny how just a three-game series can do that. Now, I'm not telling you that that's the wisest way that you should approach things, but I know that some of you are thinking that way. I know some of you are thinking, yeah, you know what? Maybe something could be salvaged here in the month of September. Maybe, just maybe. You know, maybe we can escape the cellar. Maybe we could finish with a winning record. Maybe... Jason Dominguez is going to go on to win player of the month in the American League in the month of September. Who the hell knows? Anything is possible. Anything is on the table. But let's pump the brakes. Let's pump the brakes. You know, I was listening to Michael and and, and Don and Peter at the beginning of the show. Michael threw out a scenario, albeit far-fetched, right? And he prefaced it for a path to the playoffs for the Yankees. I'm not going to go that far, okay? Even though I went out and was in the heat and the humidity today and got a workout in and everything. It was fantastic. You know, you got to suffer sometimes for good things, but I still have my judgment about me. So I'm not going to subscribe to that theory that the Yankees are a playoff contender. It's not going to happen. But yeah, there is something that maybe you can end this baseball season on somewhat of a little bit of an uptick if you're a Yankee fan, as opposed to maybe how things looked a week and a week and a half ago, to where there was absolutely nothing to salvage, nothing to play for, and the question was going to be who would still be left when the dust settled once Hal Steinbrenner got through sifting through all the wreckage of a 2023 disaster. And we still don't know the answers to that question. But if you know me, right, and you and I, we go back a ways, right? And I was even uttering this just last week when I was doing the shows with Don in the afternoon. You got to be careful in baseball about what you see in the month of April and what you see in the month of September. 
Don't read too much into it. Don't read too little into it. It's a extremely small sample size. You cannot draw on just that and think, yep, that's going to be a precursor to exactly what's going to follow suit with whatever player you're talking about. You can't do it. It's irresponsible. People in baseball don't necessarily put a lot of stock into those type of things. Case in point, how did our buddy Aaron Judge do when he got called up in 2016, that final month of the season? Remember that? He was putrid, right? How many times did he strike out? Had 84 bats, he struck out 42 of them. So one out of every two times, Judge stepped up to the batter's box, he struck out. Now, did you think in a million years, after what you saw from Aaron Judge in that brief cameo in 2016, that he would come back next year and hit 50-something home runs, win the Rookie of the Year, be the runner-up in the MVP in the American League? No. No. But that's why you have to use caution with whatever you see here. Now, look, I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that you should root for these guys to struggle and to not go out there and play well. Yeah. You know, you got to watch the games. They still got to play the games. You want your players to actually go out there and succeed, but it's not going to be the end-all, be-all. The league is going to make adjustments to you. How do you adjust off of that? That's what the great ones do. The players that have lasting power, that hang around this league for years and years and years and have, like, productive careers, those are the ones that are able to figure that type of stuff out. And it's still way too early to know if any of these guys that are wearing Yankee uniforms are going to be able to do that. Because I can't let what happened over the weekend and what may happen over the next four weeks in the month of September sway me from what I've seen all season long because the majority of the conversations that you and I have been having about the New York Yankees all season have been disappointing. It's been a disaster. They've underachieved. They've come up small. The roster is poorly constructed. Somebody has to pay for that. Somebody is going to have to answer as to why they have been one of the bigger disappointments in all of Major League Baseball, right? Mets' answer was, well, they basically sold off the farm at the trade deadline and said, yeah, this thing ain't going to work. And they're going to bring in a new head of baseball operations. They already got rid of half of their minor league development system. All right, so the wheels are in motion over there in Queens. But in the Bronx, it remains to be seen. Now, I don't think, and I'd love to hear from you at 800-919-3776, I don't think that the majority of Yankee fans are looking at this thing right now as to, yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, I think, you know, let, 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 let's hold Pat here. Let's go with the status quo for 2024. Same manager, same general manager, largely the same roster. Let's just keep things the way they are. You know, because I'm, I'm sure that things are going to revert back to the norm now. And you're going to look like the Yankees again, who are going to win 90 games. They're going to go back to being a perennial playoff team. They're going to contend to go to maybe the World Series. And all the things that we thought about the Yankees maybe going into this season that just didn't come true. That would be foolish thinking. I'm telling you right here and right now. There are still several, several issues that plague this roster and need fixing. Okay? You've got... A lot of old dead weight on this roster still. 
guys who are eating up a lot of your payroll, and guys who unfortunately are unmovable in terms of baseball and trades and the hot stove and the offseason. DJ LeMayhew's not going anywhere. Giancarlo Stanton's not going anywhere. Okay? That's a problem. Because their production level is waning, and oh, by the way, their contracts aren't, unfortunately. Their contracts are maybe weighing down your payroll while their skills are waning. Not good. But maybe that's a story for another time. Yankees actually did something smart today, and they shut down Anthony Rizzo for the remainder of the season. That would have been stupid to even bring him back, considering that, you know, that probably wasn't a situation that they handled as well as they could have earlier in the year, and that led to the decline in his performance. And unfortunately, he got to get his health back to where it should be first and foremost before you even worry about baseball. But what kind of Anthony Rizzo are you banking on for next year? That's To me, that just creates another portion of uncertainty for this baseball team for 2024. He's still going to be here. You know, he's a huge question mark right now. You getting the Anthony Rizzo before he had the injury or since? Or just with natural age and wear and tear as a Major League Baseball player? You don't know what the future holds. So, yeah, the kids are fun. You know, they bring a little bit of energy. They go down and swept the Houston Astros. That's great. But let's see what happens over 162. Let's see what happens more than just a weekend series or, hell, even a month. And it's a tricky spot to be in because, as I said, I don't know if you can sit here and gather enough information over the next four weeks and say to yourself, I either trust or don't trust said player going into next year to where I'm prepared to hand them a starting job. Still work to be done. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Again, this is our new time. Starting at 630. Each and every day right after TMKS. Taking it right up until 9 o'clock. We'll do plenty of football because it's game week. We live for this. It's game week. We'll get into the Jets. We'll get into the Giants. I got a couple of things to say on the Mets, as a matter of fact. Don't worry. We'll bring them up. They're down in D.C. in a clash of the Titans, battle for fourth place in the National League East. But the way Pete Alonso's swinging the bat, his price just keeps going up and up and up and up and up. And we know that that's going to be, number one, the biggest factor as to whether or not he's going to be a lifetime Met or an ex-Met. We'll get into all those things. And you guys know that I'm a tennis guy. And the fact that this U.S. Open is the so-called home slam, well, it's starting to be represented that way on the court finally. Finally, finally. After decades in professional tennis. Lot on the agenda. We only have a couple of hours to squeeze it in. We're going to do that for you. Dan Gross's show. It is a Tuesday after Labor Day. It's game week, baby. Right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show. On 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 800-919-3776. I'm getting used to this. I'm getting used to this again, Harv. This is good. I feel like I never left. It's like riding a bicycle. I don't think I've ever ridden a bicycle, honestly. Ever? Uh, I think I have a few times, but I was always like a young, so look at, young guy. So, like, again, like, I, I feel I know you pretty well. I've worked with you a long time, and now I have a new discovery that you've never really rode a bicycle. At I'd, least to, to your recollection. Right. I'd like to ride a bicycle someday. Well, who wouldn't? Do you, want a, do you have a bike? You don't have a bike. Not have a bike. I only have, I only have a place to put a bike anywhere. What about a city bike? Does that excite you at what? all? No. Not a city bike. Because they have them all around the city. Where do you put city bikes? Not you, at the city bike like racks. They have them all throughout the city. You have to pay to ride a bike is essentially how it works. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the rate is. I've never explored it myself. I, w- I would never sit on those on a, on a dare. You know, you, you really think they clean those things? Just, just that alone does not make me want to do anything like, like that. I mean, this city is like swarming with infestation, as we know, and disease and germs and everything like that. I guarantee you the city bike is pre- – if we were playing like a game of Family Feud, like New York City Family Feud, like name me one of the top five ways to, to pick up disease in New York City. I, I would think city bike has to be in the top three. Sometimes I get nervous just holding the, the metal poles in, in the oh, train cars. Oh, you do that? Well, I got to hold on to something. No, lean up against it. I do that sometimes too. Yeah, d- just don't touch it. Lean up against it. Lean- what you want to do is if you're going to stand, lean up against the door. Door's not going to come flying open. Or lean up against one of those, like, the metal pole things. Just don't touch them. It's disgusting. Or at least wear gloves. I don't think you'd look like – you wouldn't be looked at as a weird guy either if you did that. No. Dude, you got to save yourself. It's a jungle out there. Dude, Rodney told me a story that was unbelievable. Rodney, of course, our guy who knows everything here. Rodney. He what was the story? Me, he told me that he got sick. When? And, uh, I believe this was like, I want to say a week ago. I saw Rodney today. Is he, is he still sick? Oh, he looks great. Oh, he looks great. Okay. He looks, he's 100%. Well, 98% he told me. Oh, that's good. But that he told me that last week. Apparently, there's like this new COVID coming back. Yeah, there again. is. There is. And apparently, um, he got, he got, he felt ill. Ugh. And he was on the train one day. And all of a sudden, he told me that he fell down. Oh, my God. And he told me that he actually collapsed of dehydration. Really? Yeah. He got. He came to and people were coming to him and saying, hey, how you doing? Can I get you a ride? Well, you got, like you got to stay hydrated, but that's stuff you can't uh, prepare for. Now, thank God he's here still. 
with us. Well, at least he's doing good. I got if I see him floating around, I got to check in on the ninety-eight. Maybe maybe me interacting with him will provide the missing two percent, and then he could be back to a hundred. Because I haven't seen him in a while. You got it going on, so you're doing fine. I'm like the final piece of the puzzle. I hope that's what I try to do. I wasn't feeling well on Saturday. It was a long weekend, you know, the holiday weekend. It was great. We went to went to Bruce on Friday night. I met life. Outstanding. Haven't seen him in a while. Fantastic show. Um, went hard, though. Went hard. Great time. Got into it. You know, like I go to see Bruce. I'm into it. You know, I'm, I'm singing for three hours. I'm up. I'm in. I'm in. Got it. Woke up Saturday feeling like absolute garbage. Like, I mean, felt like a truck fell on my head. And so I thought that I was possibly getting sick or whatever. So, like, Saturday was a little touch and go, and then I was fine on Sunday. It was fine. How does one go hard? Did you give yourself, like, a headache or a headbang or something? I, I don't know, dude. You tell me. It was a little chillier that night, so maybe there was, like, something in the air. I don't know. But then Sunday I was fine. Went back to the show on Sunday night. Went hard again, and everything was A-OK. Yeah, I can't do that. No, nah, you got it. got to do it. I don't have the wallet for that, first of all. But... You got the wallet. You don't know. You don't know what you have. Trust me. You don't know what you have. But it was a great time, though. And you know, all my people there at the stadium love seeing them. Um, they take care of us well. And hey, we'll be back there on Monday. Back there on Monday for work, right? You're gonna go just as hard as you did on the concert. I, the, maybe you never know. No, I got to keep Buttle in line. That that takes more energy than anything else. All right, let's get some phone calls up here as we're talking Yankees. 800-919-3776. We'll have some more fun with the uh, Bruce stuff a little bit later on the show. Let's say hi to Joey in Jersey. He's going to start us off here on 98.7 ESPN. Joseph, how are you? Evening. How are you, guys? All of the uh, weather's helping take some of the uh, sorrow off this very painful season for the Yanks, huh? Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Feels like summer out there tonight, Joe. What's going on? Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm going to tell you something. Um, you know, I gotta say, it's just been a combo of uh, trades that didn't pan out, not signing the right players, drafting like you know, prospects didn't work, and uh, you know, it's just been you know, one thing after the other, and uh, lack of um, you know, leadership from uh, some of the players that they brought up here just didn't have the kind of persona really making New York. I mean, let's face it, it's been how long now since you really had those players really be a big of a difference make. We haven't seen one of those in a long time. I was a fan of the stand trade. I would have preferred to sign Harper, in my personal opinion, and that's my life uh, um, thought. But uh, I think just kind of like those decisions there have just been one thing after the other. And uh, going back to your great point, don't fall in love with small sample size like beginning or end of the season. Simple as that. Can't do it, Joe. Thanks for the call. Look, why do you think, you know, when you talk about not being able to develop these players and have folks come through your system, you know, homegrown talent, whether you trade for them, whatever, but they spend some time in your minor league system and then make their way up to the big leagues and actually become productive players in Yankee uniforms. Why do you think the Mets cleaned house the way they did last week with a lot of their minor league staff, director of scouting, director of minor league development, director, I don't remember what their titles were, but they don't have jobs anymore, right? Why? Because the Mets have done a poor job when it's come to developing players in recent years. And you know that there's going to be somebody else who's a new head of baseball operations next season, but that still does not preclude Steve Cohen from having his own opinion on the matter, right? He's owned the team for a few years. He's seen the way this thing is operated, and Steve Cohen is basically saying, you know what, I don't like the way it's working. I'm going to make a change, regardless of who the new director of baseball operator or head of baseball operations is. And you know what, I'm not saying the Yankees have to make changes or if the Yankees are inclined to make those changes, whatever. But the bottom line is, they could do a better job. Now, I don't know if Jason Dominguez and Wells and Peraza and Pereira, if all these other guys come up in September 
and have good months, and then they turn into productive players even next year, well, then you might look at this whole operation a little bit differently, right? Like, for example, everybody that wants to kick Brian Cashman out the door and move on and start anew, and I'm not telling you you're right or you're wrong, right? Because 25 years is 25 years. That's an eternity in professional sports. But it kind of reminds me a little bit of what we were saying after the Giants season ended last year. Like the Giants made the playoffs. Giants beat the Minnesota Vikings. A lot of those guys who contributed for them were guys that Dave Gettleman drafted. And by and large, the Dave Gettleman tenure was atrocious. But look at the guys that Joe Shane identified as keepers and locked up to long-term deals here. Daniel Jones, Dexter Lawrence, right? Joe Shane draft choices. Andrew Tom, or excuse me, Dave Gettleman draft choices. Andrew Thomas, the same thing. So, yeah, I know he didn't do a good job, but do you look at it a little bit differently that he at least gave you a few foundation pieces moving forward? Is the Brian Cashman tenure going to turn out that way with the New York Yankees? Too early to tell. All right, more of your calls. Let's get some football conversation up here, too. It's game week. It's the Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show. On 98.7 ESPN. Are you got to be in at 6.30. Otherwise, you're tardy. Then you got to stay for detention. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Grasso Show. Remember, we go till 9 o'clock now. 6.39 o'clock weekdays right after TMKS here on 98.7. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number Yankees tonight back at home the kids making their debut in the Bronx they're taking on the Cats who they whipped up on last week in Detroit taking three out of four they give the ball to Garrett Cole seeing if he can further enhance his Cy Young resume which you know kind of really the only thing that you're looking out for if you will right from an individual standpoint for the New York Yankees for the remainder of the season. So you hope that Cole could give you another good start in front of the home fans. Mets are in D.C. to take on the Nationals. Jose Quintana is going to be taking the ball for the Amazons here tonight. Let's finish up these Yankee calls, then we'll get them into football because it's game week. Johnny in Albany up next here on 98.7. John, how are you? Good, Dan. How's it going? What's up, John? Well, so... I was thinking it's more of a hope thing, man. Like uh, seeing the young kids come up and play well is something most Yankee fans really enjoy. You know what I mean? And like 2009, I I, I watched them win the World Series. I didn't even care Mm -hmm. because it was bought. You know what I mean? Really? You looked at it that way, though? Yeah. Yeah, especially after all the success in the late 90s. Yeah, I mean, I'm 44. I... Watch Yankees early 80s. They were horrendous all the way up to 96. Me and my dad used to watch all the games. So when they won in 96, I was thrilled. And then that whole – people say they bought the championships then, but they that was mostly homegrown guys and great trades and good acquisitions, you know what I mean? And then, you know, you roll around to 2009, they go out, they get the three highest-paid free agents – and then they win, and you're not even – it's like going to Vegas and rooting for the casino. Yeah, but you, you know, know something, I mean? John? In hindsight, though, look at what's happening to the team now. Yes, you could say they went out there and they bought a championship, but you still have to buy the right players, right? 
I mean, they struck gold that year with it. the guys they brought in. Like, look at the money they're spending now on some of these guys. Right? Well, that's the thing with Stanton. Stanton was, you know, when we got him, I was like, wow, that's, that's well, not crazy just, that not they just picked Stanton, him up. Not just Stanton, but, but some of these. I mean, you, you gave Carlos Rodon six years, $162 million. He's been terrible. He hasn't been available for you. DJ LeMayhew, they doubled down on him. Yes, he was a two-time batting champion, but they said, yeah, we think he's still going to have a number of productive years. They gave him a four-year deal. Anthony Rizzo brought him back for a second go-around, not thinking that he would deteriorate in some way, shape, or form here. So it's one thing getting these guys originally, but then making that secondary commitment and saying, yes, we still think they have high-level production in the years to come. That's how you get into trouble. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, I mean, Cashman loves to give $20 million a year to a guy who spends most of it, half the year on the DL. And, that, and, and that's why that's why we're in the trouble we're in. And, John, that's why, and I thank you for the phone call, that's why you shouldn't sleep on a championship, you know? And, 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 I mean, please, especially everything that's happened since 2009, you haven't been back to the World Series, you should embrace it. You know, anybody, anybody could take a checkbook if your owner gives you the blessing and go out there and just buy the most expensive players. Doesn't mean it's going to be the right decisions, right? You know, Carlos Correa has been okay this year for the Minnesota Twins. I don't think he's been worth every single cent that they've paid him. I just mentioned Carlos Rodon. He hasn't worked out for them. I mean, Justin Verlander, say what you want when he was with the Mets. I mean, okay, he wasn't atrocious, but he went to Justin Verlander, the one of Cy Young last year. Look at what he happened to him again the other night down in Houston when the Yankees tattooed him. You know, those strikeout numbers, his put-away stuff is way, way down. Doesn't mean it's money well spent. Richard is in Manhattan. He's up next here on 98.7. Hello, Richard. How are you? Good, Dan. The three hottest athletes in New York City right now, you'll agree. Coco Goff, Jason Dominguez, and Aaron Rodgers. Right? I'm not too far off with those three. Am I correct? Yeah, I haven't given a lot of thought. But, yeah, they're all in the news right now for sure. You want to hear something? Throw Pete Alonso in there. All he does is friggin' hit home runs like every day. I'll get to Pete later. Yeah. Coco and Jason... Add their ages up. Still below Jason. Uh, still below Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> the kids. The Yankees not only are going to finish with the best record in the history of baseball for a last place team. The best. Re- I mean, there's only five teams in the division, <sighs> but that division also, it looks like we'll have not four uh, split up the five teams. Four hundred and fifty wins. So 450 divided by 5 is 90 and 72. The average record of all five teams will be 90 and 72. That will never, ever happen again, ever. I don't think so. I don't know. Like you said, it depends on, you know, the way the divisions are structured. Not all divisions are created equal. It's a year-to-year proposition that changes. It's too much to say. When was the last time a a last-place team was above 500? That never happened. I I, I couldn't tell you because normally we're not paying attention to last-place teams. Never. Come on. If it did happen, (laughs) you would have known. You would remember that a bad, a good team finishing in last place. No way. I'm, I'm sure in the NFL. I think the, the the Giants division last year was probably the toughest, and they uh, whoever finished last. I think Washington had a decent record. Anyway, uh, uh, watching Deion's son mm-hmm. on Saturday, it brought back mem- Deion's son doing for his father to coach. Yeah. I haven't seen a kid do that for his father, college coach. Since Pete Maravich scored 68 against Alabama in 1967, 
His father, of course, was the coach for the three years that he was there. Can you think of any coach, any kid that played like that? Oh, now, this is only one game, but 520 yards to throw for that much? I, off the top of my head, I probably can't think yeah, of it. You know? any sport. Uh, Dan, what ticket will go for bigger price? The semifinal of Djokovic, Tiafu, or Doug, McD- of- Doug McDermott won a national player of the year playing for his father at Creighton. When he was in college basketball, yeah, but he never he never scored uh, sixty three. Well, points. maybe not in, but I mean, he was the national player of the year. It's tough to be any better than that, oh, Richard. Okay. Right? Yeah, Dermot, that's yeah. true. That's true. I didn't think of him. That's right. He went to the Knicks too. Played. Yep. All right. That's right. That's right. But yeah, you're right. You're right. What was Correct. your, so your tennis question, real quick? Yeah. Okay. Last one. Djokovic Tiafu in the semifinal. Will that go for more money than a Djokovic Alcaraz final? What ticket in the U.S. Open do you think would go for more money? No, the, the final. American- the final. And, and by the, the way, by the way, and, and Richard, thanks for the phone call. I wouldn't put Francis in the semifinals just yet because I think Ben Shelton's going to beat him tonight. I think Ben Shelton's going to beat him. The Florida Gator, Ben Shelton, bombing those. Two. Yeah, we're locking it in. We're locking it in. And by the way, I mean the final. The finals of who's who. You know, like if you if you're just the you know regular fan when when tickets go on sale, guess what ticket is the most expensive? It's Finals Day. You know the championship. It's always going to be more. You know, Djokovic and Alcaraz are on a collision course right now. For the, I mean, Djokovic, boy, did he luck out with the bottom half of the draw. It's basically Djokovic and a bunch of you know kid Americans who have never been anywhere close to this stage before. You know, in a Grand Slam, not anywhere near the level that he's been at. So Djokovic will be there Sunday in the finals. Question is, is Alcaraz going to meet him there? Alcaraz has a guy up there that I think, I think, can maybe give him a little bit of trouble. Two, actually. The guy he's going to play in the quarters tomorrow in Zverev, if he can recover, because he played a four-hour and 41-minute match last night. Zverev is a tough opponent. And then potentially waiting for him in the semifinals is Daniil Medvedev, who won the U.S. Open two years ago and who on any given day could be the best hardcore player in the world. So Alcaraz's path to the finals is way, way more challenging than what Djokovic was dealt with. But you know what? That is in the truest sense, the luck of the draw. And Alcaraz the one seed, top half of the draw. Djokovic the two seed, bottom half of the draw. The way the upsets happened all throughout the tournament, you know, Djokovic got a lot of luck. So he'll probably be the fresher player when you're talking about who's going to be there on Sunday in that final, whoever's going to be his Opponent. Anyway, 800-919-3776. You always count on Richard for a nice little, you know, cornucopia of different topics, throwing everything out there. You know, you always got to be, like, on your game. I mean, it has nothing to do with anything. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. That's why you got to be locked in, laser focused. I'll tell you, when we come back, you know what we're going to talk about? We're going to talk a little football because it's game week. You might have heard that someplace. Jets, expectations through the roof. They're not hiding from it. They're tackling it head on, and you know what? They're even raising it a notch or two, if they could get any higher. We'll talk about that coming up next. Grasso Show till 9. It's Tuesday. Summer's over. 98.7 ESPN. Wait, let's go slow here. 